with your weekly dose of ignorant movie reviews, hip-hop, and sopapias. It is In Living Spanglish. Hi, people. I am your host, Vero Fuerte, along with my comrade here, Mr. Ricardo Mexicano. Say what's up. Confidant. Yes, confidant. I was yeah. looking for a good I, word. I like yeah. that word. I w- I've always wanted to be referred to as like a confidant. Yeah, yeah. Well, confidant that you are, Ricardo. But, well, yeah, what's up, everybody? We're calling Mexicano back in effect. We're actually... Uh, in the same location for this, once right th- this time around well it's been a, it's been a while but yeah we're uh you know it's the it's the holiday weekend so i'm back home doing this with veronica so uh yeah we're good you know it's, it's good to be back home for a little little few days yeah because you up in fort Worth doing it big i'm gonna be joining you here in a few months so that's gonna be really exciting mm-hmm. as of for right now i am still you know solo doloing it up in here in my own apartment by myself which can have its pros and its cons um most recently its cons uh because last night i almost died i don't think i've told you that well you almost crash. Well, no, I basically had my Liz Lemon choking on a hot dog moment. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. You, yes. you, so you were choking on something in here. No, no, actually, okay, so um, have you ever seen 30 Rock? No. Okay. Well, I just, I, we were talking about this a little bit off air, but yeah, I've never seen it. Uh, it was like, kind of like, because when it was like on air, on air and like popular, that was a little bit before I really started like getting into like TV and stuff like that and like really exploring different creators like you know tina fey and stuff like that i know she like is a like a star on that mm-hmm. but nah, i've never mm-hmm. seen one episode i know tracy morgan's on it i think yes yes tracy so, morgan. and i know gambino wrote for like some episodes as well and that's that's like the extent that mm-hmm. i know about so the show. so 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 straight up blasphemy right so is what you're saying essentially Mm-mm. yeah Mm-mm. Um, but no, it's, it, it's a show that I really enjoyed growing up and, uh, I, honestly, I didn't catch it until I was a little older too, but like, I mean, I personally think she's pretty iconic, a character, uh, named Liz Lemon, who is basically like the beacon for like strange, awkward 20 somethings, just try 20, 30 somethings, just trying to make it in the biz everywhere. Right. And so her whole thing is that she lived alone in an apartment and she was going through this whole thing. Oh, I'm going to like die alone that no one's ever going to love me. And then like one day I'm going to like end up choking on my food and there's going to be no one there to give me the Heimlich, right? And so she finishes giving this whole thing and it cuts to a scene of her eating her TV dinner while watching something on the computer and she starts choking, right? And so she has to end, basically long story short, she ends up having to give herself a Heimlich on the chair, right? And so flash forward to my life. Okay, where I have a similar moment where I'm in my apartment, you know, all by my lonesome. It's like 10 o'clock at night. Apartment. Yes, yes. yes. Apartment, house, for rent thing, whatever. Okay, it's all the same. Tool like shed. I don't own it. Tool shed. Tool shed. It's yes. basically a very decorated tool shed. Why are you hating on me today? Hey, I've lived oh, in geez. a tool shed before. You've seen where I've stayed before. There you go. There you go. Okay, so it's, it's, very, um, it's very economic in its space. Okay, like just because the kitchen is the same thing as the bedroom is the same thing as the entertainment room. Okay, does not mean anything. But anyway, it's convenient. It's very convenient, right? 
And so because everything's really condensed, um, I had issues with some ants yesterday. And I didn't want to do anything like super toxic because it was late at night and I just wanted to do something, you know, uh, that was a little more like homeopathic, I think is the word. So I Google, uh, what Google ends up telling me is that I have to, I can get rid of ants by using cinnamon essential oils by uh, like diluting it and spraying it all over the place because, because apparently ants can't stand the smell of cinnamon. It's very like uh, choking to them. I mean, yeah, just like humans. Yeah. yeah we can't swallow like cinnamon. So exactly. I, I get it, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, okay, this is great. I just so happen to have some cinnamon essential oil with me. So I take it out, right? And I start like uh, spritzing and putting some on the ground, whatever. And like the ants start to like run away. Um, and so I'm like, okay, dope. Five minutes later, for whatever reason, in my brilliant ass mind, I decided it's a good idea because it's late at night. You know, I rub my eyes a little bit. I'm tired and I start feeling it. A strong searing burn from the pits of fiery hell. Okay. And of course, so my eyeballs are burning. My eyeballs are burning. I can't see. Okay. Everything's <laughs> tearing up. I'm like, my eyes feel more and more swollen shut by the second and I'm like freaking out. And then I don't have anyone to talk to. Yeah. You know, I'm over here. It's like 1030 at night. I'm completely alone. And so I grab my phone and I reach out to the only person that can help me now. Google. Oh, no. Okay. So I'm screaming and I'm like, thank God for voice to speech because I can't see straight at this point. And I'm like, okay, Google. And then I hear the beep. And I say, uh, how do you get rid of burning with essential oils? And so, um, I, you know what? Why doesn't Google have a name for like their lady that talks? Siri's name is Siri. Google doesn't have a name. No, nah, it's just like voice, right? Just yeah. Google voice. Yeah, exactly. It's a really feminine voice that's basically telling me, hey, just pour milk over your eyes until the burning stops. And yeah, I'm like, it's just like when you like eat like super spicy food, you're supposed to like drink milk to calm down the... Uh the yeah. effect that, that is having on the, 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 the pain that is having yeah. on you at the moment. And I, at first I was kind of panicking because I realized that I didn't even have regular milk. I just had almond milk and had some butter and some some cheese. And for a second I thought, well, like maybe if I put butter over my eyes, will because it's calcium, it's all dairy, will it go away? But I don't do that. I grab the almond milk and I run to the bathroom and I start pouring milk all over my face last night until it subsides. <sighs> But eventually the burning stops and all is good again. And it just reminds me that like no man may be there for me the way that Google will be. And, you know, for that, I am grateful. I mean, yeah, that's very empowering of you. But what you're also saying that you were making uh, uh, like cookie batter on your on your face. Yeah. With butter and like milk and all this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah pretty much, you know, in cinnamon. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. mind you. But moral of the story, kids, like wash your hands. What even if you don't think you need to, like wash your hands. All of that could have been avoided. You gotta, if do, I... the, you gotta do the backhand trick. Though. Yeah. If you feel like a little thing, just you know, use the like the back of your hand, you know, the back of your palm, and just. That's the like, trick. That's the trick the, right the there. Back. Uh, I can't believe I'm about <laughs> to admit this, but I have a similar situation. I don't know if I would call it like the moment where I was gonna die, but it definitely felt like I that. I could have died. It kind of. I could have gone blind. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, this may be a little bit worse. I, I think so. Uh-huh. So the first week of me living in the new place in Fort Worth, uh, being a man, you know, we have, you know, our parts down there. Yeah. And yeah. that's a requirement. Well, and I mean, depending. me, along with other men that I've met, we mm-hmm. sometimes get a little chafy down there. Uh-huh. Okay. 
So normally what the doctors recommend, you take some sort of like uh, anti-itch cream and uh-huh. you apply it down there. Uh-huh. And, I, you know, I have some, you know, on deck, you know, in my room. And what I thought was that anti-itch cream, that, that, uh, that hydrocortisone, wasn't. Um, I grabbed a pain relief oh, cream. shit. I grabbed, I didn't just grab like Bengay. Uh-huh. It, it was a Bengay product. You ever you ever heard of like Dragon? Mm-mm. It's like the like what they mar- it's like they market it to like the Hispanic community. It, it's made by Bengay, but for some reason they always market the El Dragon. It, it's basically the same shit with a different name. It's, it's like, how they usually but it, do but it's it with stronger Latinos. too. That's the thing though. It's stronger. It's yeah. a lot stronger. Okay. So and the bottles look very similar to the hydrocortisone mm-hmm. and so after this happened, I separated them too. I'm like I'm never. This is never gonna happen again. So I grab it. Start applying it, you know, down there thinking, you know, all right, cool, cool, cool. You know, before I went out, because I was going to go out somewhere. Mm-hmm. I apply it. And like within 10 seconds, I started feeling a sensation. A sensation. Terrible. Burning. Sensation. Down here. Everywhere. You got to think about it where I applied it. You had a kid credit moment. Yeah. Um, It was terrible. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as, I, as soon as it kicked in immediately. I felt it from I'm the like, fiery depths of hell. Yes. is what it felt like. like. It felt like like it felt like piranhas were like munching munching on munching. me. Munching. <laughs> like, okay. Like it, like I immediately went to the sink and uh-huh. I tried with water. I'm like, this, of course it's not gonna work. Did you pour milk down there? No, no. What I did just, you do? I, I just endured the pain. I just I just I just like stood there for like either either my balls are gonna fall off or this is just gonna go away and like and it's just gonna suck. I'm just gonna have to endure it. And I just endured it. I just, I literally just like stood by the sink and like took like paper towel. You know how paper towel is so flimsy, dapped it with water and like try to like calm it down. Bro. But nothing was working. Bro. And I eventually just went back to my room, laid on my bed and just like just tried not to move. Like, this is where I die. Yeah, I'm like, I'm this just, is where, this I, is how I go. I was just trying not to move. I'm just like, I guess this is what I get for trying to have a good time. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. I'm like, like, I was You're just. You're not here for a long time. Yeah, I was just going to go out and, like, I think I was just going to go get some food. Oh, okay, okay. So, it wasn't even, like, prepping for, like, certain eventualities. No, no, I think I was going to go get some food. I think I was going to go, like, Raising Cane's or something like that. Mm, That's not what it was in the cards for you that day, Brisky. That happened, and I'm like, I don't think I ever want any man or woman, because, you know, it could happen to them, too, to ever experience that, that pain. But I'm glad after it was done. I was expecting my, I was expecting my junk down there to be like red and like completely tore up. I'm glad everything looked normal. I'm like, okay, cool. At least I know now that if I ever do it again, it's not gonna like completely. If you ever wanted like a, a mental visual of any of that, ladies and gentlemen, like there you have it. There you have it. It it it, it sucks. <laughs> like just just think just think about like. All of that could have been avoided if you would have just poured some milk down there. No, that would not do anything. You don't know that. Did you try it? No, but I don't I don't even have milk in my fridge. I don't I don't have any milk in my oh, fridge. Oh yeah, I forgot cuz you're like partially lactose intolerant. No, now. I'm not. I don't I don't claim that. Okay. I just, I just I just know milk milk messes me up, but I I'm not, I'll never claim that I'm I don't self-diagnose. You, okay. you don't self-diagnose. You don't Google shit either. Things like how to stop making it. my balls feel like icy I hot. I Google it after the fact. After oh, okay. I've already gone through the pain and be like, <laughs> like, how do you, like, <laughs> I, think, I, think, I think I Googled specifically, if I put this on my balls, 
what's gonna happen <laughs> again the <laughs> fundamental difference between men and women is that i was literally googling as i was blind running to my sink well, and of, you had to wait 30 minutes lying on your bed waiting for your imminent death it's before kind of hard you typed to google when when you're like you're experiencing like nirvana and hell at the same time i was blind try again broski try again i don't know man i thought i wouldn't be able to have kids again <laughs> I feel so embarrassing. I feel so embarrassed because was, it was so unlike me. I'm like, why did I not look at I feel like box? I was in a fucking sitcom, man, with my shit. I was like, where are the cameras? Mine is a sitcom moment. Uh-huh, it I really could, is. I could totally see somebody like accidentally like putting two bottles. Who would out. play you in a sitcom, Ricardo, though? If you had to cast someone to play you. Somebody in a sitcom to play me? Yeah. Um... Oh, man, that's a hard question. That's a good question. Yeah, it really, because, you know what? And again, we're talking about that, like, whole, like, Hispanic-Latino gap because I can't think of, like, any male Mexican actors off the top of my head that, like, have your build or your voice or have anything resembling to you that would be able to, you know. Meanwhile, I can think of, like, a million white people that could sub in for a million white people. Oh, I'm pretty sure there's somebody out there. Uh, yeah. There, there is somebody out yeah, there. Yeah, we just have to think of them. Okay, so if you, so if any of you guys can think of somebody that would play Ricardo in a sitcom, go ahead and let us know. Hit us up on our socials. That'd be cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah I can't think sure. of any. I, I think, I think, I can, I'm thinking of like wrestlers, but they're not actors. Mm-hmm. Well, you know how I was saying earlier, actually tweeted out the other day about just like the resurgence of podcasts in general. And basically what I had said was, is that like, I really feel like we're coming into like a second coming in quarantine, you know, now that like September and fall and everything else is rolling around, I feel like we had... Uh, when everything was going on and everything was going fully on lockdown, we all went through a phase where we were really into baking for some reason. The majority of us, anyway. Like, Not me. I know me. I was baking up a store. I'm cheesecake bars, bread, like you name it. I was cooking it, broski. I was thinking of ways not to go insane. Bro. And um, so anyway, so all of us were baking bread. That was our thing. And now in March, April, and now... In August, September, I feel like every, and I've said this before, I'll say it again, everybody in their freaking primo has a uh, podcast and it's still, I feel like that is the new, uh, that is the new baking bread for this season of COVID and everything else that's going on. Uh, But we did have some podcast stuff to talk about as far as like Joe Rogan and uh, Button and everything, right? Yes. So a lot of changes going on in the podcast world right now, Mm. Uh, specifically Joe Rogan, you know, which is, you know, has the biggest podcast, is the biggest podcaster in the world, just by sheer numbers. And I think I saw a few days ago that he gets 55 million listeners a month. Something really intense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 55 a month worldwide. But he has uh, signed an exclusive deal with uh, Spotify. Uh, Yeah, that was a couple of months ago, right? I can't remember when Uh it was announced. Uh, You may be right. Yeah. Yeah, You probably are right. Uh, I think but, it was around April or May. Yeah, but it but it went into effect just a few days ago, September first. Mm-hmm. So uh, he's on Spotify now. Yeah, it's huge. I think he. I can't remember the exact number of like what they're paying him. It maybe it was like something like a million for like seven years or something like that. Hundred million. Mm-hmm. 100, oh wow! Yeah. Hundred million. That's I, wild. And I think that's yeah a, a course of like, I don't know how many years. I'm pretty sure two or three, maybe more. But, but yeah, bro. I mean, it's insane when you think about just like the because le- he doesn't have to do this. Like when you think about, it, he doesn't have to move. The only thing that he 
Because right now he's got full reign with everything going on with his YouTube stuff. He has more license, more freedom. I don't know what the actual terms of the contract is in terms, oh, yeah. like with Spotify. Like I don't know if they would make he, it like a clause of sorts. Well, he gets one hundred percent ownership still. That that was a big thing, Not, and that's why I'm saying it's good for him because he keeps his show one hundred percent. He still owns it. Wow. He's just this is just pretty much like a distribution. That deal. is like a dream deal. Yeah, he gets a distribution deal, and yeah, you're right. When it comes to licensing, since mm-hmm. Spotify the music platform and they can pay for all the licensing fees, he'll, he'll be able to finally play like music on certain episodes. He'll be able to show certain videos. Um, so he's set up for life. And that's what I'm trying to understand. I mean, is he like, already was set up for life, but this is just even 10 times that now. I'm trying to understand in like from a business standpoint, like then what would be in it for Spotify? Because think about it. It's not like they can control the content. It's not like they can prohibit him from uh, putting it uh, on iTunes if he freaking wanted to. Or maybe they did and maybe we just don't know about it. Or basically, they're not providing some sort of fence or exclusivity. So what's what's motiva- motivating them to pay this man, other than like his viewership, $100 million for the course of three years? I mean, you kind of you touched on it a little bit. Um, his viewership? No. Uh, beating Apple. Mm-hmm. I don't think people, people got to remember before podcasts really took off and were like a thing in the mainstream, especially with the introduction of like the iPhone, Apple has always had a stranglehold on, on the podcast market. Always. You could even say. De veras? Yeah. Look, from the very beginning of this iPhone, you can go on it, and the podcast app is right there. See, it was I, always there. Okay, well, you can go ahead and give me a history. Always there, and like you, I'm an Android. Person. You can make an argument that Apple had a monopoly, mm-hmm. an illegal monopoly on podcasts, because no, there was like almost like before all these like different services platforms started popping up, most people were listening to podcasts on iTunes. Exclusively on iTunes. On iTunes. And because it was free, it was always free too. Mm-hmm. And that was always the thing with me. Like, hey, how is this free? Why am I not... How are they doing this without us having to pay? And then you kind of start going into it and you're like, oh, the podcasts are paying them to host it. They get ad revenue probably. You know. But it's insane though. And Spotify is trying to really tap into that market saying like hey we want to be the ones that we want to be a solid competitor where you get where you could come and get those uh those that experience of a podcast but just come see come come to us come watch it on come listen come watch it on our platform i personally don't think they stand a chance currently even with rogan which is amazing but like i said apple has such a strong grip on that on that podcast market with their with their app and with everything they've done that it's almost second nature to people that with and as many as like iPhone users Mac users that's very true that's what I was about to say it's is the that low, it's the lowest ship and like, it, and Apple's always very good at like lowest ship with Spotify it's really like it's almost uh, a David and Goliath sort of situation just because of the fact that Spotify is not just competing against another uh, podcast company, a streaming podcast company or another music streaming site. They're competing against a brand. They're competing against Apple iPhones, Apple tablets, Apple, you know, uh, all the convenience that it is like having a handheld device. It's not like we have a Spotify phone, you know, like if Spotify had its own device that like in a crazy ass alternate universe had the same low loyalty and followship that like apple does 
you know, even Android sometimes, I mean, I'm an Android person through and through, but like, it's not like Android has its own streaming service per se. That would be a whole different story. No. And like I said, they have such a tight grip on just keeping everything so convenient and streamlined Mm -hmm. where it's like, oh, you have an iPhone? Why don't you get a Mac? Oh, you have a Mac? Why don't you get the iPad? You can all use them all in sync. They're so good. And marketing their products of like, oh, the convenience, the convenience, factor, yeah, the convenience yeah. factor is huge. And people don't even realize that they're getting into it. And then they have like five, six or five different Apple products at home. And you're like, oh, crap, how did this happen? Yeah. And that's how they get you. And I'm over here still being the rebel, still being the rebel. Oh, I'm no. over here with a MacBook yeah. and an Android phone. Does it make any sense? It does not. I'm team iPhone, but I've only ever owned an iPhone and I've only ever owned an iPod. That's it. On the other end, we have Mr. Joseph Anthony Budden, aka mm-hmm. Joe Budden, mm-hmm. who's actually leaving Spotify. He's leaving his uh his deal that he had with them. I think I think the deal was conjured up about two years ago. So now we're here, and what he's pretty much put out in like the past like two weeks is that he felt that he is getting not his just dues. From the, from the company. As far as payment goes? N- not just that, but he feels that he has brought in so much. I'm pretty sure he's getting paid. I think the, the gripe and the... Well, I don't want to say gripe because I think he does have a valid reason. Uh, at least I think so. A lot of people have other things to say. Uh, in particular, um, one the la- last week podcast or a few days ago. Because he, like, he does a podcast like three times a week. He does it like I think like oh, wow. Mon- he does like a- Monday, Wednesday, and like Saturday, I think. Shit, and we think that doing once a week is heavy handed, bro. Yeah, but he had the team. Bro. He had the team. Yeah, he yeah, had the yeah, big yeah, team. Yeah. It's just the two of us, it's you just, know, getting just, it together, bro. It's just us two squ- you gotta swagging, be patient. swagging it out. Yeah. But he feels that he's brought in a lot of ad revenue, a lot of cultural, a lot of a huge audience that he can show like receipts. He can show that what he's brought to the company and it's he feels value. And mm-hmm. yeah, the value of himself you know, surpassing the projections that they had. Mm-hmm. And you feel that he's just not seeing, you know, m- the money one, but also certain um, certain rights and certain ways to, like, maneuver yourself. Because, you know, once you kind of, like, reach, like, this echelon of, like, uh, podcasting, music, you kind of, like, can, like, have room to, like, negotiate a lot more, you know? You know, whereas, like, you're a rookie... You're like, okay, this is... They're still treating him like a peon. They're treating him like a rookie. They're They're treating him him like a peon. They're treating him like he's in JV, you know, Mm, when he's mm -hmm. he's varsity. You know, Mm -hmm. they're treating him like, you know... They're not putting any respect on his name. Exactly. And I, for one, not saying that I agree with everything he said, but I do, for one, do think that he is very undervalued by Spotify. And I think he has contributed a lot to their success when it comes to, like, bringing this massive audience that Spotify... You know, for the fact, wouldn't have if it wasn't for that podcast. Because the, 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 the audience that Joe has is very vast, very, very different. It's probably some, one of the most, like, diverse audiences you could probably Button, think right? of. Button, right? Button, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Joe Button. I think his audience is probably something that you would never imagine from, like, you know, I take it, like, me, you know, Isaiah, shout out to Isaiah, like, and other people I know that, like, just love, like, Joe Button and, like, just love what he talks about. And just the type of people they are, and like you would be like, what you you like this show? You know, you oh, you, it's you, a commonality. We understand, yeah. you know, you get you you get the inside jokes. Mm-hmm. You know the personalities of like you know Ma and Ro- and Rory and 
um, Parks, who's their uh, who's their engineer, who you can uh, he's never on camera, but you can hear him uh, talking. Yeah, it's very unsettling, from like just a um, a a look on the bigger scope of things, where how these companies can really use you and just kind of like toss you to the side. I mean, it, and it is very uh, disconcerting because I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it's all about who pulls the strings, you know, and it's uh, it's the person who has the money that pulls the strings and the person who has the platform. That's why, even though. Uh, that's why distribution matters, you know, and not to like get too geeky about like podcasting and everything else, but it's about who controls your content. Like, let's say you're an Instagram influencer or something like that. You cannot make your entire or even on YouTube, you know, because we've now come to this part of the internet age where these are viable careers i mean are they hard as hell to get into and get your like your foot in the door and get a good holding of an audience and a brand so yeah of course but if you create an entire brand and platform and audience on solely instagram or solely youtube and then one day they decide to change up the algorithm or you know uh just do away with it and uh change it to something completely different then you have lost all of these viewerships and followships that you've worked so hard to get that's why it's i mean again like we're turning this into like a really geeky business model-y sort of thing but it's true you need to hold on to what's yours like you need to hold on to what's yours even if that's something like creating an email list for some or finding your own foothold to be able to have some control over your distribution because if not you know you're pretty much being yanked around yeah and, I, and uh, another big point he brought up was like it was a very um he brought up the the topic of like race and you know mm. of it kind of like being you know these giant white companies really stepping down on you know you know, black people, you know, people of color and like really, you know, using them for what they bring, you know, because they know that now, you know, we are culture. We are. We are what's cool. We are what's cool. So I'm going to take that, exploit it, use it for what I can. Squeeze all the juice out of it. And then the moment that they get disgruntled, okay, cool, you can leave Mm kind of thing. And we got I, your I already, audience, we I, got your viewership, we got your, you helped build our brand by showing by showing our audiences, hey, we're cool enough to have Joe Budden on our platform. Now, you know, you can follow us and use us exclusively knowing that we'll have other people like him and basically throw him away to the side. Right. And yeah, I think he um, he brought up the point that uh, there are these two uh, black um, gay, I don't know if they're models or mm-hmm. like just Internet personalities, but apparently, can't, I, I uh, forgive me, I can't remember their name. I'll have to look it up later. But uh, if you, I think if you just if you just Google um, gay black uh, model <laughs> Spotify deal, if you Google, if, gay black model Spotify deals, yeah, folks. you'll you'll find it. You'll find it because they you uh, might find a whole lot of other things too. Well, but we're not talking yeah, about that. Yeah, there are the, there are these two young um, black gay men who mm-hmm. have gotten a deal on Spotify, mm-hmm. and you know that's great, that's amazing. Yeah, but it just shows you kind of like the inner workings of the machine, you know. Hey, we got the the cool veteran rapper, hip hop guy. All right, now let's move on to the gay community. Let's see what you know. I pick up, yeah. And and like, I get you know it, it's it's a double it's a double edged sword because you know on one end you want to see people being represented on these big platforms, but at the other side is like, what are you really trying to get at? What's your intention? Like, are you really 
want to prop these people up into a, an, into a higher position or are you just using them? Are you being a parasite just, you know, getting your fix and just leaving them out to dry once, you know, you're done with them? Yeah, I'm, I'm nodding big time with you right now because that is it. something that I guess that people don't end up discussing a lot because that is something that we're going to have to face and that uh, a lot of people are already facing when it again like when it comes to the the double-edged sword of us like rising up and finally having uh say in the content that is being put out there and the music that we make the shows that we watch the movies the podcasts the blogs everything um there is a certain value and there's i think that but on some level, it is about perspective. It is because I forgot who I was listening to, but they said something along the lines of, I forget if it was um, a black woman or a Latina woman, but they made the point about how when they walked into a boardroom full of executives that they made sure that they didn't fall back on what they wanted as far as pay goes, as far as money or as far as control goes, because at the end of the day, you can have a boardroom full of white executives and they can think, OK, well, the market wants this. The audience wants to see that, et cetera, et cetera. But what they're paying you to be there for, what they're paying you for is your perspective, is your is your slice of life, is your reality, is your take on things. And that's something that like none of them can replicate. And like you said, sometimes that can be exploited. You know, if you're not careful and I don't know how much they were paying Joe Budden or if it was anything equivalent to what he thought was justified for his uh, for his information or for, you know, for his audience or for his and for his culture and all of that. But it's just it's just a very tricky thing, man. Um, I think that if we don't walk into situations like that, knowing our worth. And I think that's what it boils down to. If we don't walk into those situations knowing our worth, because white men don't have an issue walking into a space and sometimes knowing more than they're worth, feeling entitled to more than what they're worth. And nine times out of 10, getting that too. Yet we have to enter spaces where we have to talk ourselves up to convince ourselves that we are as valuable as that... I don't know. Do you do you understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I understand. And uh, yeah, it is. It does boil down to uh, knowing your self worth. Yeah, and, and knowing what you can bring to the table. Uh, Joe, for instance, I don't. He never I feel like we underestimate that a lot. I, I, Joe, I think Paul wasn't really self worth because he knows what he is worth yeah. and what he can bring. Uh, his thing was just not getting, like I said, that just do. Because I think one of the big arguments was he was getting to this third year within this contract, and they were still, you know, paying him. From the be- what like what they were giving him from the beginning, you know, he he brought the fact that and I don't know how true this is, but that Spotify was trying to give everybody on his team like Rolex watches, and I'm like, really? Mm-hmm. You, you, is, this, is this a rap label? Mm-hmm. What are you doing? You're giving people like a, a Cadillac, and you think that's that's good? We need some health insurance, bro. Yeah, Steve. yeah. Give like, me some. Uh, give me some equity. Give me right, some stock. Right. Like don't don't give me a, a white Cadillac. Boy, I slap the shit out you. You try to give me a Cadillac. Mm-hmm. You know, like like. Do you me. know how much that depreciates? Yeah, Broski. exactly. Yeah, Come yeah. on now. Like uh. So, yeah, it, it comes down to your self-worth and knowing what you can bring. Like, really step back yeah. and, like, look. I, I take myself, for example. I'm like, if I, you know, I'm ever blessed enough to get to that level where a big audience can hear me and they're like, okay, what sets you apart? I'm like, okay, 
you want to talk about a, a Mexican Salvadorian from like East Texas, you don't really see that a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody who's as knowledgeable as me when it comes to like certain culture, when it comes to my point of view on a lot of things, I don't think there's a lot of people out there that are very similar to me. You know, just me, Let's being, go. me being like brutally honest, you know, I've, I've always viewed myself as like one of the kind and like probably one of the best when it comes to certain subjects, when it comes to certain outlooks. And, you know, and I, and I gravitate people with like minds, you know, tell it to him, Ricardo. Yeah. Cause they know, they know, they know, uh, what I bring is real and they know that, you know, I, I can only be mm-hmm. myself at the end of the day, Yeah, you know? So I've, I've always known my self-worth and what I can bring to certain, uh, uh, communities, not, not communities, but certain like ideas, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know? And, but so, yeah, I mean, you're right. At the end of the day, like Joe Budden knows what his self-worth is. Like for the majority of us that don't have the standing in the audience, the years that he's put into it, Joe Budden and his podcast, it, and for him to know his self-worth, I know for us, the majority of us, that's what, that's something that we can always take away from that idea is that we have to go walk into rooms knowing what we bring to the table. Yeah. You know? and, and there's a lot more to it. Uh, if y'all want to find out the more inner depths, uh, I would have to go, you would have to go watch the, uh, the, the podcast or just listen to like some of the clips. After you on, listen to ours, of course. Yeah. After you, yeah. <laughs> after you listen to ours and just go watch some of the clips on YouTube. Uh, I kind of gave you like a few footnotes. There's so much information that's come out. Uh, so yeah, it's really, really crazy. And, uh, we'll, we'll see what happens from here. For sure. For sure. Um, so speaking of Spotify and everything else, something that I was listening to on Spotify this morning, uh, and you know, I have just a couple of general opinions about it was actually, uh, Big Sean's new album, Detroit 2. Uh, I saw actually you were hitting up our buddy Isaiah about it over Twitter and stuff. Uh, I know that he wasn't that big a fan of it. And what do you think about it? lukewarm mm. soup mm. like like the kind of soup that you like but it's kind of got but into, you forgot but you kind of forgot about it yeah and, then and you that, finally eat it and you're like this is cool but you're like it's not the same i wish it was a little bit better and i actually went through before i came here i was talking to with my brother and i and i was going over the track list and i can't and i and i came to like an honest decision that i liked half of the album like mm. I, and I'm like okay when you when you, when I step back and think about it, that means I like it, right? I'm like if I like if I like 11 songs out of the 22 on here, which is a lot. Hell yeah, that's like 55 percent, bro. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm saying I'm that's like, a win. I'm like I'm like I like it, but if I were to have to rate it at like out of 10, I think I I think I could only give it like a six. Well, here's the thing. And that's is- kind of being generous. Like I, I feel like it's probably more of a 5.5, 5.5, 5. 5, out of 10. Yeah, out of 10. Ricardo stars, so it's a, about five point five Ricardo stars. Out yeah, of 10. Five, uh, a strong five point five, a light, a light six. Um, there's some like really good song. Like the first five songs are mm-hmm. good, amazing. Like like those four or five songs, you can say he doesn't miss. And then it kind of starts getting to like the second uh, quarter of the album, uh, and it's kind of mm, here and there, you know third third quarter of the album comes in and you know you get a lot a little stronger songs and then it just kind of peters off yeah and then it just kind of goes into the very last part of the album and it's not it's not terrible like i said but i don't know man like big sean is one of those prime artists where you know he has the skill he has the talent but 
he, he has just, skins on the wall. He just comes out. He just comes up short a lot of time. And and there were some lines on here too where I thought were like just so corny. I'm just like, of course mm-hmm. you would say that. Mm-hmm. Like, of course Big Sean's gonna say that again. Uh, I can't think of any because I t- I, th- I really try to like block. Them I, out of my I mind. remember that I forgot in one of the songs he addressed like COVID or the pandemic or something like that, and I forgot I forgot exactly what it was, but it like caught me as uh as kind of cheesy as well. But my take on it was similar to yours. Like I the first word that I thought was not lukewarm, but basically synonym. It was underwhelming. You know, it was very underwhelming for me. Not that I had like super over-the-top high hopes for it i'm not like the biggest big sean fan i just know that like there was so much hype about it and everyone was like oh my gosh this is like the craziest album ever and i'm like "Mm, okay all right so i listened to it and you know he has so many crazy ass like features on here you know uh like post malone and uh he has that uh he has a he has a bunch of interesting like little like um interludes yeah with erica badu and Stevie dave Wonder. chappelle yeah, they were, and they were cool like yeah like within the album i'm like okay i get it. talking about detroit they're talking about what it means to them and yeah with their connection to it and it, it was cool like yeah conceptually it's pretty i mean that's pretty neat and everything i mean yeah like it's cool to hear them um there's just i think his last album was a lot better i think i decided was better Mm-hmm. And then you know, I think a lot of people, a lot of people, always tend to lean towards Dark Sky Paradise mm-hmm. as being his like classic. I guess if he had a classic, they would say it's that one because that one had like blessings and um, uh, I don't f with you was on there. Uh, what else was on there? If I could, uh, if one man could change the world, I think was on oh, there. Oh, I love that song. See, like that's yeah. a song of his that I actually love. But you know what, like is. But what's really upsetting to me, genuinely, and I mean, I'm sure that other art type of artists have this too, but I see this a lot with like uh, hip hop culture or like hip hop music in general, is that I get frustrated when a hip hop artist will put out an album and they have all of these features and all of these like from all of these really cool people, Janae Aiko, you know, et cetera, et cetera, the construction of your songs and even like your parts in the songs in themselves are like whack or like just are just okay you know and i feel like i have much more respect for an artist who can stand alone for the most part obviously you're always gonna have like a feature or two in there somewhere but who can stand alone for the most part in an album or even in a couple of songs and really really kill it without because i feel like it's kind of like you know it's not going to take away the fact that like the album itself the songs themselves are only just okay but you're going to try to spice it up by like putting in all these external factors that don't make it any better foundationally it's not good uh i can agree with you to an extent i think some songs do get better with the uh yeah with the feature like i think uh lithuania the one with travis scott i think that one definitely is good because of Travis. In some, future. yeah, and, in, I, and I love the uh, the body language song with Ty Dolla Sign. I was and, uh, about to say that Janae. that one is that's, that's that really, one's actually my favorite out of the, the album, fe- the body language song. Because of the features, like that song is like it slaps, it slaps mm-hmm. hard. Um, because I think did he have a feature on every single song? Look, about, Dave oh, Chappelle, oh, no, no, like okay. most of them. Okay, the first two songs. Travis Scott. Okay, he has like, okay, he has, he has a pretty few where it's just him. My favorite one's actually Lucky Me, the second song. Mm-hmm. That's like probably like the best one because he has like 
that's like two parts of that song. Like halfway through, the beat switches up and he goes crazy. He's spitting hard. Like that, that's my that, that's my that's my stuff right there. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll probably say "Lucky Me" is probably like my favorite song. The the the, the Post Malone one was kind of it was cool. Post was cool. I think Sean was very underwhelming on that song. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was Wolves. Like a, yeah, I feel like yeah, it was yeah, a yeah. post song. I feel like it was a post Malone song with Big Sean with on a there. Big Sean feature. I mm-hmm. think it was like reverse. It was like I felt the same way. Yeah, it was a. Uh, it was strange. I do like the Friday Night Cipher one, like the the like cause he had all the Detroit artists on there. I think that one isn't that one near the end. Yeah, it's like nine minutes long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, do yeah. like that one. Uh, you know, it has you know T Grizzly, Sada Baby, you know Eminem's on it, Royce the Five Nine, Cash Doll. Like, there's a lot of like you know uh, Bodie James. Which is one of my favorites right now. Uh, everybody from Detroit is on that song, and uh, which well, I mean, the concept of it, like I said, the concept of it, I'm not gonna take. And I think maybe that's where the hype came from on Twitter and everything. Like the idea of it was really cool. The fact that he's going to dedicate an entire, I mean, because we've seen songs dedicated to, uh, we've seen songs dedicated to uh, certain cities or certain states or things like that. Uh, but it was really cool to see like an entire album dedicated to like one place, one city and having all of these people from there. The idea of it is awesome. Yeah. You know, and I think, um, it's not horrible. It's just no, underwhelming. It's not. And, uh, yeah. Cause the, the, the first Detroit, uh, which was a mixtape, mm-hmm. uh, he, uh, if I remember came out to 2012, Either twelve or thirteen. I don't think I've heard it. Yeah. I heard it. it's good. It's good. I think a lot. A lot of people would say if you had a classic project, they would also say that the Detroit mixtape. I think it's like one of the. If you were to look at by numbers, when like downloading mixtape was like a thing, was like when it was like really huge. That's like one of the the most downloaded mixtapes of like all time. That one right there, uh, up there was like uh, Wiz Khalifa's Cushion Orange Juice" and like "Dream Chaser" by Meek Mill. Um, that mixtape is really good. It didn't really have a theme though. It didn't really have like a like a theme dedicated to the. It wasn't as overt as yeah, far yeah. as Detroit it was just goes. like I said with a mixtape. It just had a yeah. lot of good songs on there. It was good, you know. Like I said, a lot of people consider that some of Big Sean's finest work. This one is yeah okay. Like I said, yeah, like you said, underwhelming. Like I said, lukewarm. It's, I yeah. wish I could say more about it, but Big Big Sean's rapping well. I think he is rapping extremely well. Like don't get me wrong. He's not. He's never been a bad rapper, in my opinion. I think some of his rapping, some of his bars, some of like his features that he's been doing before this album have been really good. So that's why I was like really excited. And I never have expectations for albums as it is. You don't. I don't. I don't ever have <laughs> expectations. Not just for him, but like for hardly anybody. Um, but I was hoping. I even put it on on Twitter. Like I'm. I really wanted his album to be good because mm-hmm. I want to hear. I never want to hear people do bad, obviously. Mm-hmm. I want to see people do good, but... Um, you did actually bring up the fact that there was uh, some ideas going on as far as, like, generations of men that have grown up by all these different internet personalities. Is that right? Yeah, so I saw a... I came across a video on YouTube, you know. If you don't think about me, I'm always on YouTube. I'm always looking for, you know, some good content to watch. And... I came across one of my favorite channels by uh, Glink. Um, shout out Glink. He makes a, a lot of like introspective videos about uh, uh, internet culture, whether it be like OnlyFans and like the parasocial dynamic of OnlyFans to uh, talking about uh, like video game culture and like stuff like that and like how that kind of ties into the internet and, you know, going to like doing like little vlogs, going to like the anime convention. He does really good, like nerdy stuff that I like. Mm-hmm. And he recently made a video talking about, I think the video just came out two days ago. 
and he uh, talked about how a lot of men nowadays have been shaped by pretty much these podcasts that we mentioned earlier in the segment of Joe Rogan, Joe Budden, uh, you know, Gary V, which I know you really like. Mm-hmm. Um, they pretty much shaped how we think, how we act, how we... It's like you're being raised by a whole slew of internet fathers. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're being raised by these men and these ideas, you know, for better or for worse. You know, it could affect you negatively. You never yeah. know. But they have kind of like ho- made us hone in these ideas that I don't, I don't think would have been possible possibly 20 years ago, you know, where the internet is, you know, everything now. And these podcasts are, you know, feel like they're everywhere. And you just can't escape them. No matter where you go, you're always going to see a recommendation from Rogan on your on your timeline. You're going to see a Joe Budden clip, clip pop up on Twitter. And there, there are certain people who just gravitate toward it. Whether it, be, whether it be them not having father figures in their life. That's what I was about to say. Like, kids, if your dad left you when you were two, just plug in those headphones right there. Listen to some Rogan, you yeah. know. It's like, it's like a hug around your ears. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and I think it's... Uh, I think it's comforting to know that there are people mm-hmm. out there who have something that they can like really lean on. Yeah. I like that. I like that, you know, where they may you may not have had a mom, you may not have had that dad in your life that like really you may have had your dad in your life, but maybe he just wasn't what you needed, you know. Mm-hmm. But you know, luckily in this time and age you have the ability Surrogate to get fathers, yeah. Yeah, the ability to log in and like, you know, look up Daddy Rogan. Yeah. <laughs> and you know, and listen to what he's gotta say for the week and you know, you know, being that he's um, much older, you know, I think he's like in his, in his like mid to late forties. You know, he's uh, they can't teach you to play catch, but they can teach you how to make that catch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hey. But also, like I said, like Rogan and mm-hmm. like just a, a plethora of other people have yeah. had these experience in life that they can like, you know, whether they're doing it intentionally or not, they're passing them down to the people who are listening, and you know, it just come, it just goes back to that whole thing where you never know the weight of your words and who you're impacting. You know, I don't think if you were to like go up to like Joe Budden or like Charlemagne or or um, or Rogan or Gary Vee and ask him, like, hey, do you know that you've made a difference in this 14 year old life? They probably wouldn't think about it like that. Uh, I mean, I would retract that statement only because I have heard I have heard Gary Vee and I've heard Charlemagne talk, like talk about whether it's on their podcast or radio or whatever or what have you about that. They get, you know, letters, they get DMs, they get mails where it's like, oh, I was going to, unfortunately, you know, if you're in a dark enough space where they say, oh, I didn't think that I could go on any longer, you know, and then I plugged you into my headphones and then you were talking about this, this and that. And then, you know, I just, I decided to go on another day and another day. And, you know, like you never know what you're going to say. You never know, A, what someone is going through. Uh, uh, which is very evidence of a lot of things that's been going on lately in the world and stuff. Uh, You never know what someone's going through and you never know how you can affect someone, you know? So uh, I think that they, I think that they are very aware to, to a point just because I'm sure that they get a lot of personal messages like that. On maybe. Yeah. I don't think it's ever an attention though. Yeah. Well, no, 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 well no. with Gary Vee, I think it may be a little bit different cause that is kind of his whole stick. Yeah. That is his shtick. Yeah. Yeah. You know? I think, to like make, I think he said once is that like his, one of his missions in life is to teach 16 year old boys that kindness is cool or like some shit like that, you know, which, you know, big ups to him. Yeah. 
Where, yeah. but I think like people like Rogan, people like Jordan Peterson, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, Joe Budden. I don't think they go out of their. I don't think it's their intention to like, hey, I'm gonna affect every boy between the age of I'm fourteen, fixed, yeah, I'm fourteen and save twenty. The youth. Exactly. Like, you no, know, it's cool. You know, yeah. if if that is part of their their message, you know, along the way, but it's just knowing that there is somebody there for you. You know. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can I can say that, you know, I can personally say, uh, you know, shout out to my dad. Uh, it's actually his birthday today. So, you know, shout out to him. Happy birthday, Ricardo's uh, yeah, yeah, dad. Yeah, happy birthday uh, to, to Pops. Uh, he turns 55, I think, 55, 56. <laughs> it's okay. I don't know how old my parents are either. Something like that. Um, but, and I'm, I'm grateful, you know. We didn't, we didn't have the best relationship growing up, you know. But he was, you know, I, I do have a a great appreciation for just him always being there. Uh, Maybe not always there at the right moments when he should have been, but, you know, just knowing what he had to uh, go through. And I'm pretty sure once one day I become a dad and I can, like, put myself in that shoe and be like, so this is what he was experiencing. This is what, you know, it took to, like, raise children. You know, I I can't wait to have that, that, that experience where I can look back and be like, oh, okay, so this is why he may have said this to me or maybe there was like a disconnect, you know? Yeah. Uh, Cause you know, I don't, you know, not to get too personal, but like my dad didn't really have a, a father, you know, he had a, he had a dad. He knew who his dad was, but he wasn't really in his life like that. And um, he definitely never learned how to be a dad from, you know, his, his father. And, you know, just to see where he kind of, kind of came from and was able to like still, you know, in my eyes still be an awesome dad at the end of the day. You know, I think really says a lot to somebody who really strives to, like, be better than, you know, the people that came before him. You know, the family, you know, the blood that came before him. And, like I said, it's it's really sad when you really think about it. Just not the fact that you have to rely on these people on the internet or not feeling that, you know, somebody cares for you. Yeah, and it's uh, very interesting that you bring that up because because I think it all sort of falls back to the idea a little bit of hero worship. Not necessarily that you end up worshiping people like Gary Vee or J. Coe or or Joe Budden or anything like that. It's just that when you are that young and you are that impressionable, impressionable and you have this hole in your life that for whatever reason needs to be filled... Uh, I mean, I I can only think about it as a good thing that you put on these headphones and suddenly, you know, you don't feel as alone anymore. You feel like somebody is trying to, without actually being able to raise you, trying to like teach you the ropes and help you come up the right way, you know. And I mean, heck, if that makes... If that makes this world, like, a little less saturated with toxic masculinity, then I am all for it, you know? Like, go for it, Gary Vee. You know, you you kill these people with kindness. I am all for it. Yeah. And like I said, I'm, you know, I'm very much a part of that because there is, mm-hmm. you know, people like Bud and people like Charlemagne, uh, Rogan, um, Anthony Bourdain, you know, people that, you know, I'm not, I don't think I've ever... Rest in peace. I don't yeah. really look up to people... Yeah, well, you're not duck, Ricardo. That's very true. Yeah, I don't. Yeah. Really, I don't really look up to people. Uh, I definitely, I would, I'll definitely give people the credit and be like, yeah, he influenced me. You know, blah blah blah. This person influenced me, but I don't really tend to like look up to like certain individuals. But mm-hmm. yeah, but I'll give it up all day to like people like Bud and Rogan Bourdain, who you know have impacted my life in 
somewhere or another by, you know, either something they said, something they did. And it's a perspective shift. Like, I have people that, like, again, you and I are both in agreement as far as, like, we don't like the term, we try not to stand anyone and we don't like the idea of standing because being 100% all for someone and putting someone on a pedestal is just not a healthy way of, like, living your values. It's just not. Um, But I definitely do have my people that when I think about... Uh, Gary Vee is definitely one of them. He helps me with my perspective a lot of times. Barbara Streisand is also one. Just, you know, when you watch the way that people move, and, and even like Kanye to an extent, you know, it's uh, opinions of him always get murkier oh, yeah. and murkier. I mean, how, yes. can I, how, how can I forget Kanye? I uh, mean, yeah, he's influenced my life, you know, yeah. in, in I don't know how many ways. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Like, like for better or for worse when you look at somebody like you cannot not admit that they didn't have like a big footprint in your life in some way you know i mean and like i said uh, it just depends on how and it just depends on what you do with that at the end of the day and i don't think that there's anything wrong with you know people uh filling that hole to an extent with uh with something that might not be able to be physically there for them you know yeah but uh speaking of physically there um even though this has nothing to do with physically there but you and i said that we were going to talk about it so we're going to talk about it is i saw this meme today that i cannot get out of my head and that as soon as i brought it up with you and you disagreed with you and i disagree on a lot because no you and i just actually agree on most things let me retract that you and i agree on a lot of things a lot but when you told me your opinion on this i just thought what has this mf been taken up in fort worth because i i feel like i just don't know you anymore okay and it was this meme of chip skylark from you know the uh from the illustrious uh fairly, fairly odd, odd parents, parents yes uh versus powerline from the iconic and momentous the goofy movie Okay, so when you put extreme goofy movie, yes, no, actually, no, it was the it was, was the, the first goofy was movie. The first one, the extreme oh, yeah, right. one that was, was when they were in college that and skateboarding. Yeah, 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 you're yeah, right, yeah, you're yeah, right, yeah. right. I like that one better actually. I really like the, the sec- I really like the extreme one better. I I actually, I mean, not to get too off topic, like I I love both, but I feel like I have a special place in my heart for the for the OG goofy movie, um, just because they have that scene where like Goofy and Max are like in that um in that river and they mm. sing the nobody else yeah. but you song yeah, yeah. oh my gosh my heart but okay so they're both good they're both classics. yes yeah. yes they're both classics exactly icon iconic so uh chip skylark versus powerline you tell the people what you voted and i'll tell you why you're wrong i voted uh for chip skylark obviously it's the only answer i mean and for you to say just you for you to like just toss around fairly odd parent like it ain't iconic as well Talking about a show that's been on that was on the air for more than fifteen years. It was on the air for more than fifteen years, but Chip Skylark maybe made like five of those episodes. He didn't need that much time to be an icon. Uh, I don't. Shout think out so. Chris Kirkpatrick. Shout out NSYNC for providing the voice to Chip Skylark. You know the iconic song "Shiny Teeth for Me" has you know saved a generation pretty much. Saved a generation, okay, but like let me. So, so let me just get this point off quick. Mm. If you were to put those two songs back to back, who do you think would have a bigger impact? Powerline. No. Stand out like 
just because shiny teeth in me is easier to say does not mean that it the lyricism is obviously in stand out shout out loud you know like tomorrow's the only thing that you'll see i'm going to stand out until you notice me this ain't about the lyrics it's about a hit we're talking about hits we're talking about yes impact. that's catchier no yes we're talking is. about hits we're talking about impact shiny teeth and me have been referenced and by rappers have been referenced by by you know stan twitter have been you know memed over and over Fairly all parents of the show have been memed over and over. But how many times has Chip Skylark been memed? A lot. I, I actually, I think that if we're going as far as internet presence, we can find way more gifts about uh, the Goofy movie and Powerline than we can about Chip Skylark. Actually, you know I'll what? give you Goofy movie. Maybe not, not Powerline. I will not give you that. I'll give you Goofy movie gifts, but not, not Powerline gifts. Exactly. And like, how much can you actually take away from the Fairly Odd Parents? And actually, we have to be able to vote for this. Like, whose concert would you go to if you were in an animated world, Chip Ricardo? Skylark. You would go to, you would go to Chip Skylark's concert over Powerline? Yes. Because Ch- Powerline is uh, the equivalent of, I'm trying to think of like, he was basically like the goofy Michael Jackson, you know, before Michael Jackson became kind of problematic. And uh, Chip Skylark, I mean, in sync. Maybe if Chip Skylark was more Backstreet Boys than in sync, I might give you that. But like, let's face it, he wasn't. It doesn't matter. It's Chip Skylark. Well, he, he's amazing. And, and not only he, that, he but didn't just have shiny teeth for me. He had Icky Vicky. Okay. And well, Icky Vicky is also an iconic song. Two for two on the Hot 100s. He's it, out here. Have you seen Powerline's hair? I mean, yes, it's a flat top. Yes, I like see everybody it. knows that you cannot be a true like iconic rock star out there without like really iconic hair. And Powerline overdid Chip Skylark with his like bum ass beanie. Like what the hell What's, is up with that? And his goatee. The whole fit is, is, is on a hundred. Look at Chip Skylark. His the beanie. The beanie. The, but this no. What was it? Is a tracksuit. Powerline had the, the red. Power suit. No, yeah, though he had a red sweater. I'm looking at it right now. He had the uh-huh. red zip up sweater. The blue jeans, he look like he's rocking the uh, the shell toe Adidas. Like, my, my boy, he's, he's out here, you know? Hey, y'all need to put respect on Chip Scarlett's name. You ain't finna disrespect the legend out here. And man. also, we have I2I. I forget how it goes, but Chip like, Scarlet. we have I2I. I'm looking at it right now, Vettel. Chip Scarlett has his, has his music on Spotify. Okay, well, so does, so does Powerline. I'm looking at it right now. Yeah, but ain't no chips. Whatever. Okay, let's just take it to the people. Okay, I have gone through the trouble of putting up a post on both Facebook and Instagram, and we're going to see what the people said. So, <clears throat> well, I pull it up here. All right, so Chip Skylark versus Powerline. You, the people, have voted. And we have Orlando Coleman that said uh, Powerline. Mr. Alex said Chip don't want that smoke. I would agree, Mr. No, Alex. I think I think Chip can go toe-to-toe mm. with Powerline any day. Mr. Vincent said Chip isn't fit to drink Powerline's bath water. Mm, I would, I would, I concur, Vincent. Mm-hmm. Like, good on you. Uh, and Mr. Dane Anderson said Powerline has I2I and Standout, both which could be played unironically on the top 40 stations. What's Shiny Teeth and Me got for that? Mic Icky drop. Vicky. Mic drop. Icky Shiny Vicky. Teeth and... But could you actually, like, yes. bop to that? Yes. Like, on Pe- your, like I said, a generation. Hell to the so fuck many people, no. So many Repeat people swag. Shiny Say Teeth and me, me. Me. me has been sampled 
by 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 a ski master slump god. Hell to the fuck music no. has been sampled. Ain't nobody out here sampling power lines. Because they're waiting for it to like ripen, like fine wine. What do you mean so ripen? you can put no because like Goofy okay, okay, okay you're a beat sampler. You're a beat sampler, right? So you know the joys of going through like the record store no. and then like finding no. like a random ass obscure song that Goofy nobody's movie. like played since the nineteen sixties. You wait Goofy until, movie came you wait out. until your son, Ricardo Mexicano, no. is an aspiring beat maker and it's like twenty fifty and he's going through some random ass record store and he finds like a Kendrick album with a power Powerline sample. Okay, that'll be his moment. That'll be his moment, and I will nobody. promise you, won't be no Chip Skylark sample. Goofy movie It'll be Powerline through and fucking through. Goofy movie came out way before mm. Fairly Odd Parents. Fairly Odd Parents came after, and people still sampled Shiny Teeth and Me, uh, Chip Skylark way before they were ever sampled Powerline. Powerline, I'm not, and this is not taking away anything from Powerline. He's good, man. He had the freaking uh, the harness flying through the crowd during that, that during that concert scene. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. Like it was cool, but like, bro, like Chip Skylark, man, like they stopped him because he was driving and, they, and Cosmo wanted to wish the tree and he crashed into the tree and that's how they got his attention. <laughs> Like, and and he showed up at Timmy's house and and you know they got to it. It it sounds it sounds like he could do better in comedy than he could in music. So man, Chip Skylark <laughs> is a living legend. Uh, out well, here. there are two people that do agree with you. Uh, you have uh, Mr. Marshall. I don't know why I'm giving you guys your first names. I don't know like how you guys want this address or even if like you know if you have a problem with me saying your name, just like let me know in the DMs or something. <laughs> um, and then you have uh, Eric, who also so you have two votes. For shiny teeth versus, okay, one, two, three, four. So it is four against two right now. And if you guys uh, want to continue this debate, uh, I will have the poll up until the next 24 hours or so. So go ahead and vote on either my Facebook or on Instagram for Vero Fuerte or Veronica Perez. And we will let you guys know quickly the results on next week's podcast. You know, whatever the results are, Chip Scholar is still the best. I mean, mm. I'm just going to put it out there. Uh, majority sh- majority wins, broski. Sh- shout, majority out to, wins. shout out to Tevin Campbell, though, who voiced um, Powerline. He's a really good artist. Damn straight. Damn straight. But speaking of artists, I think it's uh, a good time for us to go ahead and move on over to our uh, Good Looking Out segment. Um, I want to go ahead and actually get your take on the stuff that you have been uh, listening to and watching this week. So give it to me, Ricardo. Um, so the first thing mm-hmm. is, uh, new TDE. Now, when I say new TDE, most people are assuming Kendrick yeah. or Schoolboy J-Rock or J-Rock. Um, unfortunately, no. Although, uh, just a little side note, uh, there has been rumors that, and there's actually an image of, like, Kendrick supposedly recording a music video. And there's been rumors flowing around of, like, people in the business who say Kendrick album is, like, is done. And, like, they know it's done. I don't know what he's waiting for. Maybe he's clearance, sample clearance, maybe label issues. I don't know. But, you know, that's another thing. So, no no new Kendrick, no new uh, schoolboy. But we are getting new SZA, which I, for those who don't know, I'm a big, big R&B guy. Huge R&B guy. Uh, lately, I've been, you know, abusing my freaking phone by playing Summer Walker, like, all day. Yesterday and today I, on the ride home and all that. Um, but yes, new scissor, new song hit different featuring Ty Dolla Sign, mm-hmm. Ty Dolla Sign the hook. Love the song. 
Love the video. Choreography is crazy. That it is crazy. It yeah. like throws you back to the early two thousand in yeah. like the best ways. Yeah, in the best it, ways. An amazing song already. I'm already I'm probably gonna listen to it when I leave here <laughs> on the way back, for real, just because I love it that much. Uh then the the last part of the video is like another song, which you know, she looks beautiful in it. You know, she has like her hair braided up with the little uh, wooden beads and uh mm-hmm. she's wearing like a be- she's like, it's like a balance beam it's like a gymnastics she's doing her thing you know it's, it's silver you know she, she you're always gonna get you know top-notch stuff when it comes to her but i'm excited you know hopefully the album comes sooner than later uh so yeah that's my only thing as far as music goes and then detroit we talked about detroit you know we could have said that's it here but you know it was a little bit bigger conversation than yeah yeah, than yeah just yeah. you know a basic uh shout out but um so yeah, Scissor's really good. Please check it up. Check out the song if you haven't hit different. So yeah, that one. And then on the TV side of things, I recently watched. Uh, I think the full name of the show is Aquafina is Nora from Queens. I think that's like the the official name. So the show is like this comedy based on like you know this uh girl named Nora played by Aquafina who just can't get her life together, living in Queens, living with her. Dad and her. I think I've seen some of the trailers. Now yeah, that you say it, yeah, yeah, living with her dad and living with, and her grandma, and just you know, just going through it, you know, of like uh, you know, uh, mid to late shenanigans, lit uh, mid to uh, late twenty year old in New York trying to you know make it, you know, and you know, comedy ensues, whether mm-hmm. that be uh, getting your car repossessed or you know not having enough money to make the rent, uh, you know, typical things that you can expect from a show of this flavor. Um, I, I've, I've, haven't been the biggest Aquafina fan from the beginning, but I think her latest stuff has been impressing me more and more when it comes to the, the farewell, farewell, especially yes, farewell. Yeah. If we ever get a chance to talk I about that. I know what a big I, fan I you are show. of, uh, crazy rich, rich crazy, Asians. Crazy rich yes. Asians, and I yeah. love her uh-huh. and that movie. Look, this the crazy rich Asian <laughs> is, is don't get you know him started. T- you know how many times I've seen that movie? Uh, I, like six times. I watched we it with you it, once. We saw it in like, the theater. Mm. We yeah. saw it in the theater together. It was pretty. We saw it in the theaters together. And I've watched that thing like five different times on, on my own occasion. I'm sure you have. I, I do not doubt you on that. I love that movie. I cannot wait for the sequel. Because it's a trilogy. Yeah. It's, it's a I know book, that it's, it's based series. off of books. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. I cannot wait for the sequel. Uh, You know, freaking pandemic, man. Because they probably would have been working on it now if it wasn't for the pandemic but you know whatever we're gonna get it eventually you know i'm patient i can wait um but yeah um she she was in that she was in the farewell she was also in um what else was she in i think she was like something else recently or maybe i'm thinking of somebody else but anyway and then now this show now if i had to just base if i had to rate it just on just pure first impression value after watching it's really short, ten episodes. You can like binge it in like three days. Um, I would have to give it a seven, just because the 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 comedy's on point. Like a lot of the comedies, like right up my alley. Um, I, it really it made me laugh a couple times, and there are some episodes that are a little bit weak, particularly the episode when uh, she goes to like Atlantic City with her grandma. Uh, they go to the casinos and uh, there's like some issues with like she's trying to like win money at like this table, like blackjack table, and she, she you know she gets lucky and stuff like that. And then her mom and then her grandma and like her friends are like fighting these this Korean um, group trying to get like a table so they can uh, charge their um, 
iPad so they can watch their their uh, K dramas, their Korean dramas, which is so ironic because they're like they hate <laughs> they hate the Korean grandmas, um, but they love K drama stuff uh-huh. like that. Uh, that episode it, it has this, it has this, like little moments, but it's uh kind of kind of not forgetful because there is one important thing that happened in that episode that kind of carries on. Because I was surprised about the theory that there are a few things where they kind of carry on from episode to episode, which I thought was surprising for a show like this. Because, you know, usually shows like this is like only like each episode is kind of like its own separate thing, right? Not saying that characters can't come back, but there are certain things that kind of tie st- storyline base, you know, mm-hmm. that really tie. There's a continuity. Yeah, 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 yeah there yeah. is continuity to it. So I, it actually kind of took me by a surprise. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll give it a, I'll give it a, I would, if I had to like get like super specific, I would say a six point eight to a light seven. Oh, <laughs> that was okay. I respect that. I yeah, respect that. If I had to be like super super detailed when it comes to that rating, six point yeah. eight to a light seven. Okay. Leaning more towards a seven though, because it's not a bad show at all. But I would definitely recommend it. Um. So yeah, another Aquafina project, uh, under her, under her belt. Uh, and I yeah, I just can't wait to see what else uh comes from uh come from her i actually took uh quite a risk this week and went to my first actual movie theater uh experience uh since covid and everything uh goes on so that was a little nerve-wracking you know i went up to the theater and i asked for my ticket and uh you know i had my mask on and everything like that i was prepared that hey if it's like super crowded in there if it's hella crowded in there i would leave but if it's like super like if it's only a little crowded i would just find the most isolated place and just you know like do what i do um and i went to go see uh the personal history of david copperfield right uh luckily when i went up there and i asked for the ticket you know the ticket guy was like hey you have the entire um you have the entire theater to yourself. And I was like, this is wonderful. I guess people don't know what they're missing out on. I guess people don't have great taste. Oh, woe is me for being the cultured snob that I am. And woe is me indeed. I was hella wrong. I was hella mistaken. This by far was not the worst movie in the world. It definitely was not. But the personal history of david copperfield is based off of the david copperfield books by charles dickens if there's one thing to know about me is that i am a a christmas carol buffoon i love everything to do with that story and charles dickens as problematic as i mean he was and most of our favorite people are nowadays um he had such a way of putting words together that it didn't it sounded like almost like a different species of the english language you know and he was just downright hilarious and i just i've always loved reading his stuff so i was really excited when this uh, excited when this movie came out unfortunately if i'm being honest with y'all um it didn't live up to the standards that i had in my head and it wasn't the typical um you know, I read the book, so all of a sudden, like, the movie can't compete sort of scenario. It was more of the fact that it was just really, really rushed, you know? And typically in other in other movies like Oliver Twist or A Christmas Carol or A Tale of Two Cities, they focus so much on the 
really depressing era that most uh most charles dickens uh stories take place you know like um like the poverty the stricken uh the factory stricken laborers and all of that they make it really dark and really sad and they avoid all of his comedy this one to its to its credit did none of that the personal history of david copperfield was all comedy all of the time and so they were hitting one-liners after one-liners after one-liners but they didn't give any scenes any time to breathe and as far as who was in there uh it was a lot of really um great and infamous comedians a lot of people from veep if uh you know um the show with um uh, what's her face louis dreyfus yeah, I know the show. I just, yeah, uh, yeah I never uh, watched it. Yeah, yeah. And so, uh, a, Julia Louise Dreyfus. Yeah, yeah from yeah. Uh, Seinfeld. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. really, really solid comedians. But I was really excited because they had my baby boy on the front poster. So, there was no way that I wasn't going to see it. And that was, of course, De- Dev Patel. Dev Patel has been in Lion, which was a really big movie that came out, like, back in 2016. Mm-hmm. And uh, also, he was in Slumdog Slumdog Millionaire. Millionaire. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I... The terrible Last Airbender movie. Well, okay. We're going to forget that that part existed. (laughs) And forgive me. And I don't mean to, like, be mixing up my Indian men right now. But was he also in Life of Pi? No. No, that wasn't that was someone else, right? He wasn't the main character. He uh, he may be in it. I can't remember. Who was but, in Life of Pi? No, that's gonna bother me. But he wasn't in Life of Pi. Okay. I'm pretty sure that wasn't him. Let me see. Like now, it's gonna bother me. I do not know who was in Life of Pi. Oh yeah, it was. Yeah, it was not. Oh, the main character's last name was Patel. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, yeah, yeah. but it was somebody else. Okay. Saraj Sh- Sh- Sharma. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I'm saying, like, I'm pretty sure it wasn't him. Yeah. So, like, yeah, yeah. I remember that that they were on a boat. Come on, I, like, and I'm pretty. I remember like his face is like still stuck in my mind. I know. Oh my gosh, that's another one of my favorite movies. But anyway, um, so anyway, I love, love, love Dev, Dev Patel. I could stare at his face and his like sexy ass beard all freaking day. This bushy ass eyebrows i'm all for it so i loved staring at him on screen and like um he did one thing that i really do appreciate about this movie that i thought was really different is that the casting the way they did the casting is that they had a family they had like a son and a mom and the son would be white and the mom would be black but they would never address it like it was like an adoptive relationship or anything like that it was all very it was all i don't like to say like colorblind because like colorblind is not that but it almost was it was almost like they didn't take the coloring of the certain character into a factor of the fact that it was almost like they literally casted people based on their acting ability regardless of like what they looked like if that makes any sense yeah like more it was very it was very interesting just just the normal just like that is the norm kind of thing yeah 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 it's like you can have a black but again they didn't make it like oh he she's black and he's white because of an interracial relationship they just made it like it was just it was very interesting i have not yet seen a lot of movies uh, do that take on it so that was really cool but outside of that like i said the movie was really rushed i feel like a lot of the one-liners that are in charles dickens novels did not hit because they were trying so hard to get out certain lines that they didn't give the scenes enough space to breathe and it was just a very sloppy movie and i was very disappointed with it was just exhausting to watch but you know 
Deb Patel was gorgeous in it. So there you have it. Uh, I've never read the book. Yeah. So well, I'll... I mean, at the end of the day, I would probably give it a solid six out of ten if you care about uh Deb Patel. And if you don't, I would say that you could probably skip it. It's five out of ten. Like, don't don't worry about it. You're not missing out on anything. Well, would you recommend it? Like, even if you weren't a fan of uh, the actors? Uh, no. Uh, I I would not. If you were just watching it, if you caught it on TV, like. You could skip it, and I wouldn't be upset with you. Okay. You know, I mean, good looking out is not just for good reviews, guys. It's just for us being candid in our honest opinions. Yeah, just stuff we we happen to catch out yeah. there. Yeah, for sure. But I think that about wraps it up for today. Oh. Oh, what else? I, I recently remembered. So th- this is <laughs> okay. like psych. No, no, this is like something like super off topic and super just weird. Okay. Well, I want to say weird because. The person who I'm about to describe may be going through a lot of things. So, I was on Facebook last night, right? And uh-huh. there was this girl that I knew from from working at a, at a restaurant. I'm not going to name the restaurant. I worked at a restaurant with her. She's a lot older than me. Like, I was a teenager. And she, said she was already, like, in her mid-20s, maybe late 20s, something like that. Um, and then, actually, I think I had a class with her at TJC at one point. I don't think she remembered me, but I remember her. And uh, we didn't really talk or anything like that. Like I said, I remember her from work back back in the day, and she was cool. But I always had her on a – I still, to this day, have her as a friend, uh, a friend on Facebook. And she was going live and also, like, uh, updating her story. And she was really doing some crazy stuff. Like, she was – I think she had, like, this what looked like face paint mm-hmm. on her red face paint. But the more she kept talking – I think it may have been period blood, like all over her face. She was like describing like stuff about being what? baptized again for the fourth time, uh, talking about how her mother. This mo- is someone you knew. Yes, I don't know where she lived. She lived in East Texas somewhere, maybe Tyler. Um, she was talking about uh, like her mother being abusive, family being abused. It was really intense, and like there was like kids crying in the background, and she had like her room like painted with like these images like a pyramid with like the gay pride flag but then like a cross too i don't know what it was because she was talking about religion but also talking about like like people being like pedophiles and like how they need to like you know die and burn i'm like okay i i get what you're trying to say but at the same time no and that's why i'm trying to be like oh pretty i'm trying to be sensitive because i'm like i don't know what she was going through and i was almost tempted to like be like hey like, like, I even know I haven't talked to her in forever. Yeah, I kind of want to touch her. I'd be like, like, are you okay? Like, yeah. you know, you could do whatever you want, you know. But, like, what you're displaying right now is obviously not. Some sort of instability. Yeah, like, you're you're going through something right now. Like, this is not normal behavior. And, like, there was that point where, like, sounded like somebody was getting beat up in the background. It sounded like somebody was, like, either the kids were play fighting or somebody was, like, legitimately getting, like, like abused and beat in the background. And then, uh, I think maybe like an hour passed, maybe an hour, maybe two hours. And then she was back on live and her story. Then she had taken like the period blood off of her face and she had like a swollen eye. So I don't know if somebody hit her at one point or maybe she, maybe her eye was just maybe irritated from the blood. I don't know. One of her eyes looked really messed up. Um, but yeah. So the point of that is just. I guess just always have sympathy for people because you never know what they're going through. And 
I was really scared watching that, and I don't normally. There's during. There, I am pretty. I have a high tolerance for like most things, and I'm and I f- rarely feel uncomfortable. But that was like one of those things where it's like, oh, where like it's like close to home because like, like I said, I don't have a relationship with this person at all. I know them from some time back, and that's it. But just watching that, and then like happening in like real time, and like being like, oh crap, like this is like what. For me, I think the scariest thing for me isn't, like, the fact that it's happening. It's the fact... I want to know how we got to this point. That's always the thing for me when it comes to, like, people who commit suicide, people who are having psychotic episodes. I'm like, how did it get to this point? That's always a big question mark in my eyes. Like, because once it's happening, it's happening. There's nothing you can do about it. But yeah, there's how, a lot of things that built up to get to, right, to that moment. To that time, moment, yeah. right. So, um, I could probably find it and show you. Veronica, I, she may still have them up. Uh, it, they're pretty hard to watch. I don't but know, man. She may have deleted them. Oh, no, she still has some of them up. Oh, crap. Yeah. I don't know, man. But, uh, yeah, that's all I want to say. I'll maybe show you one clip. Yeah. After, after we yeah, get off air. I, I don't know how I feel about that. About, I mean, I guess we're really bearing it all on this podcast. Yeah. Jeez Louise. So, uh, look after your friends. Look after people you know. Check on, on your people. Yeah. Check in on your people, folks. Yeah, spread love. And uh, I think that's a good way to end this, uh, this uh, podcast. Yeah, I, I, I guess so. Um, yeah, check in on your people. Uh, love you guys thank you for tuning in each week you have no idea what that means to us and uh, uh, checking on each other like we said you never know what anyone's going through so uh, this has been the In Living Spanglish podcast we out we out